When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. You've heard me talk about Cog Hill every single episode this season, and we will continue to do so because they are one of the premier golf destinations in the Chicagoland area. Featuring 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread, Cog Hill has just upgraded their entire practice academy to include Top Tracer, two bars, a food truck, and a full family experience that anyone will enjoy. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We are also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you're looking to upgrade your game this year, or if you're just trying to pick up some new pieces of golf apparel, or even some training aids to help you score better, WorldwideGolfShops.com has you covered. The best part about this website is they always offer incredible deals on some of the newest equipment, even just days after its release. Once again, it's WorldwideGolfShops.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can send me an email, adam at GolfUnfiltered.com, and you can find me all over social media at GolfUnfiltered. Before we get into today's topic, folks, I wanted to first say to all of our listeners down in Florida, I know it's been crazy to say the least. It's been just absolutely mind-boggling to see the images and video on TV about Hurricane Ian. Uh, Fort Myers is basically gone, at least at the time of this recording, and I know I've got a lot of friends and listeners that live down there. Let you know that I'm thinking about you. If there's anything at all that I can do to help out, please reach out. You know how to get a hold of me, and I've been in touch with many of you already. Uh, thankfully, um, most of you are doing pretty good and, um, it's just, wow. I I couldn't believe watching it here. I'm sitting, uh, near Chicago, watching TV, watching the weather channel. And just, again, the things that were happening in Florida. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So I I'm thinking about you guys. Um, I know there's a lot of you out there. Let us know how you're doing. Keep in touch. And if you can, I know that there's a lot of power outages out there. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, this will serve as a good distraction for you. Uh, We're going to talk about a topic that I've been doing a little bit more research on. Every so often, I get these these wild hairs up, you know what, uh, to research parts about golf. And I get some questions via our TikTok. If you're on TikTok, go out there. We've got an account at Golf Unfiltered, of course. And we get a lot of questions from new golfers. And one of the questions that we get uh, is about bounce on a wedge or golf clubs, because really... Every iron and golf club has some type of bounce, but we typically think about it with our wedges. And so I've written up something on golfunfiltered.com, just a quick high-level explainer for new golfers. I have did a couple videos on TikTok explaining the relationship of bounce and grind and all these things that you see uh, in marketing materials when you're purchasing new wedges. And so I figured why not round it out by having an episode on bounce on wedges. Now, I love doing these types of episodes because I've been playing golf for a long time. I know many of you listening to this are longtime golfers. 
but I always learn something new when I research these these fundamental topics like wedge bounce. And uh, this was no exception to that. Uh, there's just plethoras of information for you to go dig through. And, and I remember owning a book on the wedge at one point. I think it was produced by Cleveland Golf years ago. And it went into some detail regarding bounce and wedges and 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 the purpose and the importance of really getting that dialed in and yes i'll just say it one time here fitters are going to help you get this thing figured out for you you can go and buy a wedge and you're going to see everything from high bounce wedges to low bounce to mid bounce and then you throw in grinds as well and then it's it's enough to get you confused anyone confused even long-term veteran players so we're going to talk a little bit about that and I'm going to try to break it down piece by piece because there is a lot to talk about here. So first and foremost, what is bounce? If you've got a wedge next to you or if you can go grab one real quick, it's probably easier to listen to this and visualize or look at a wedge as I'm explaining some of these things. First and foremost, the bounce of a wedge is really related to the angle that is created between the leading edge of a wedge and the trailing edge of that wedge. I can already tell that there's going to be a lot of rhymes in this episode, so I apologize for that. So what is the leading edge and what is the trailing edge of any golf club, but specifically wedges in this case? Well, when you look at the bottom of the club, in other words, the sole of your wedge, what actually rests on the turf at a dress, uh, you're going to have two parts to that sole. The part that's closest to the golf ball at address and the bottom of the face of the wedge, well, that's the leading edge. The trail edge is the exact opposite of it. So it's the one, it's the part of the sole that is furthest away or deepest away from the golf ball. There is an angle between the turf and those two edges that is created naturally just by resting that club on the ground. That is Angle, of course, has a measurement, degrees, and that is the bounce of a wedge. Now, if you've played golf for a long time, you're probably thinking, yeah, no duh, I know what that, that's what that is. But I remember starting off in the game and learning about this term bounce. And I'm like, well, what, like the golf club is like bouncing like a ball off the ground? Uh, in a way, the term is similar to that, but it's also completely different. It's one of those terms that have multiple meanings, uh, and they both kind of apply to this situation. Because if you think about the golf swing, and you think about how the tools that you use, your, your golf clubs, how they're built, they're built for a very specific purpose, especially wedges. They've got a lot of loft on them, they're made to hit the ground. I mean, that's going to sound very obvious, but you're supposed to hit the ground with your wedge, which will result in a divot more often than not. The size and the depth of that divot really tells you a lot about the tools that you're using, as well, of course, as the swing that you just made. That's why if you ever hear the phrase, the secret's in the dirt, that's part of it. A lot of guys out there, especially uh, golfers of yesteryear, you want to say, and many still do it now, they're not out there with track bands or, or 
you know, ball launch monitors. They're out there. They're looking at their divots. They're feeling how the shot feels when they strike it. And that's them, quote unquote, digging it out of the dirt. They're, they're finding the answers just by repetition and hitting shots. So what does that have to do with bounce? Well, one way to think about bounce is a golf club's ability to resist digging into the turf. Okay, there's probably other ways to describe it, but that's, that's what makes the most sense in my mind. Every club, if you hit the ground, is going to enter the turf to some depth, right? It's going to either be a fat shot, it might be a thin shot, but at some point you're going to mess up that turf. Well, bounce, again, is that club's ability to resist that digging based on the angle that we described earlier. Obviously, you may already be thinking ahead on this. There's a lot of variables that go into whether or not that club is actually going to enter the turf, right? Well, one of those factors, we'll get to the golf swing in a minute, but one of those factors is the climate and the course conditions that you play on most frequently. If you live in the Midwest, like I do, chances are you're going to get multiple seasons throughout the week. You know, that's the big running joke here. You can, if you don't like the, the weather, just wait five minutes. You know, that's something that you may have heard. Well, the conditions of the golf courses really vary from one to the next. Sometimes the same golf course, even from one week to the next. It has everything to do with the amount of rain that you've gotten, the temperature that's been out there, time of year, all of that. For the most part, the golf courses that I play are pretty soft. They're watered pretty well. It's not overly hot here, except for, you know, the middle of the summer. And so the turf is going to be soft. That means that if I have a wedge that has a low amount of loft, let's say below 8 degrees, that golf club is going to dig into the ground pretty good. And there's a lot of things that happen if that occurs, specifically to your golf ball. If you think about it, a golf club or a wedge that's entering the ground is going to present grooves higher on the face to that golf ball, especially if you hit it fat. That means that you're going to make contact higher up on the face And depending on the condition of your wedge and the technology built within the wedge, your spin rate's going to go down, potentially. Distance is going to be hindered. Forgiveness and accuracy might be out of the window. And there's many other things that could occur on what otherwise would have been a pretty well-struck shot if you had enough bounce, i.e. enough resistance to that digging into the turf. Now, if you live in a climate that perhaps is a little bit warmer, course conditions are a little bit firm or downright hard, what do you think is going to happen? Well, your golf club's not going to dig into the turf as much as perhaps in the Midwest or wetter areas. Therefore, you don't want a lot of bounce on your wedge. You want a bounce that is going to be low degrees Because you're not going to need that resistance to digging. In fact, you might actually hit golf shots that are too thin. Because 
that wedge isn't digging into that hard ground. You've got way too steep of an angle on that wedge in terms of bounce, and then you're presenting that leading edge or the lowest grooves on the club face to the golf ball. So I remember when I, when I learned this initially years ago and then reminded myself of it during this little project I've been doing, I couldn't help but sit back and think, hey, how have I been hitting my wedges lately? You might be doing the same thing now. If you're hitting a lot of thin shots or a lot of fat shots, it might not have anything to do with your golf swing. Now, chances are that it probably does, but I'm actually going to give you permission to blame your equipment or at least question it. You want to be suspicious of it, especially if you went and purchased your wedges and you didn't pay attention at all to what bounce degree you have on each of them. And oh, by the way, your wedges might each have their own separate bounce angle. That's going to be where that fitter comes in. I already broke my own rule. I said I would mention it one time, but there you go. It's very, very important. So there's, of course, mid-bounce as well, and this is another way that you can kind of mix and match your wedges, and, and it's really boiling down to a couple things. It's boiling down, like I said, to the conditions in which you play as well as the type of golf swing that you have. And we're going to get into that right after a quick message with a new partner. Hey guys, I'm really excited to tell you about our new partnership with Trolls Golf Club. That's right, Trolls Golf Club. Now, you've probably heard of NFTs before, even in passing or social media or wherever. And if you're curious about learning more, plus you want to play more golf at some of the most exclusive clubs around, then you need to go to trollsgolfclub.io. Trollsgolfclub.io. They've got all the information there for you on how to get started. And hey, you want to do it quick because the first mint of these NFTs is in November. Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick. Trollsgolfclub.io. Welcome back. That's a pretty neat idea, huh? You get to go play golf courses that are private, maybe make a little money on the side too. We're going to have those guys from Trolls Golf Club on a future episode very soon, so stay tuned for that. Anyway, back to bounce. So we already talked about the playing conditions that really contribute to, hey, maybe I should think about changing the bounce on my wedges or at least understand the relationship between the two. Well, there's this other thing that, you know, we have to keep in mind. Oh, yeah, it's the actual golf swing. And most specifically, it's about the angle of attack, the downward descending angle that every golf swing has to varying degrees. You see, just as playing condition has a lot of influence on whether or not that golf club is going to dig into the ground, so too does the angle of attack or the descending angle towards the golf ball. Now, Myself, uh, the best frame of reference I can think of right now is I typically have a pretty steep angle of attack, especially with my my scoring clubs, my lower end of the golf bag. That's a a very important thing to understand, at least it is for me, because I need to know what my tendencies are before I go and I hit what is typically a pretty finesse shot, right? I mean, anything 100 yards and in, even if you're taking a full swing, This is where the scoring happens. This is where you are expecting to hit an approach shot or a pitch or something like that pretty close to the hole, or at least, you know, a good shot is within 10 feet. 
Actually, that's a really good shot, even for the best players in the world. So now it's time to visualize something else. Think of your golf swing. Think of the last round of golf that you just played. Did you hit a lot of shots that were fat? Did you hit a lot of shots that were thin? Did the condition of the course pretty much stay the same between one round to the next? Chances are that's going to be pretty similar for all of us. I like to joke about how often the weather changes here, but they're all pretty much in the same ballpark as far as course conditions go. But if you think back on your round or multiple rounds and you notice a trend of hitting your wedges too thin or too fat or just inconsistent, then it's probably the relationship between the bounce on your clubs, the condition of the course, as well as your attack angle. Now, perhaps you've gone through a fitting before and you already know that you've got a uh, a negative attack angle, which is something that you should have. That means you have a negative number on a ball launch monitor, you're hitting down on the ball, you're hitting through the turf. That is ideal most of the time, 99% of the time, with irons and wedges. A positive attack angle is most likely with a driver, maybe even fairway woods, but you don't want a positive number on your attack angle with your wedges. Uh, that There may be some people that disagree with that, but I would really like to hear why they think that <laughs> because uh, you want to hit down on the ball you want to promote that that impact that produces the most amount of spin because that's going to help with everything in your wedge game but golfers they have differences they have different depths of swings i guess you could say in other words maybe one golfer has a deeper divot than another maybe you're swinging that wedge a little bit closer to zero as opposed to negative. Maybe it's a little bit shallow and parallel to the ground. Well, if that's the case, then you could probably get away with mid-bounce or maybe even low-bounce because you're just naturally not hitting down into the ball as much as someone who would be and who perhaps would need higher bounce. So if this is confusing to listen to, and I, and I understand it, it Think about how, I'll just say, foolish it is to go and buy new wedges off the rack without paying attention to the bounce. Now, it's one thing to understand all that I'm saying, you know, and I could say a little bit more about, all right, well, if you're a steep swinger, then you need this. Maybe you need to look at 12 degrees bounce or whatever, you know, I could do that. But more often than not, golfers... They don't, they don't really think about that too much. You know, we're a pretty interesting group of folks who want to go and improve our game. The majority of us, whether we like to admit it or not, will just go and buy something off the rack. And if you think about the last time you went and shopped for wedges, maybe you took one off the rack, you laid it down, you noticed, oh, that leading edge is coming up a little bit. I don't need that. I want something that's a little bit lower on the ground. Well, you're talking about bounce, man. I mean, that's that's what that is. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with that approach when you're shopping for wedges, you want it to like something that you look down at. If you're not keeping in mind all these other things that I've mentioned, then you're really doing yourself a disservice, especially if you're going to drop a few hundred dollars on a set of wedges. That's just, I mean, you can, you can spend money a little bit more... Uh, intelligently than that. 
Now, I know there's some purists out there listening to this and perhaps even some engineers who are saying, you know what? Well, you got to mention grind. And yeah, that that is a big part of getting a wedge that fits your game and your swing tendencies and the climate uh, in which you play. That, that's a big, big element of it. That gets a little bit more detailed. And that, in my opinion, is really where the art of wedge play comes in. What type of grind do you want in addition to the appropriate angle of bounce that you have on your wedge. And yeah, I know I'm rattling off a lot of stuff here and I can have an entire episode and maybe I will uh, about wedge grinds because there are so many of them. But if you're a new golfer and you're listening to this and this might be a completely different language to you right now, here's what I would recommend. Aside from the preface that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode with club fitting, you have to go and try these things out. Yeah, I know. Easiest thing in the world, right? You go find a store. Most of them will allow you to demo irons or wedges or clubs that you want to buy, either right there in the studio. They might have a simulator set up. Or many companies are getting into the try before you buy program. So it's a demo program where you actually go and play around a golf or have a few practice sessions with the wedge or iron or whatever that you're thinking of buying. And that's a great way to understand not only how this wedge is going to perform on full shots, on pitch shots, shots around the green, but also what parts of the wedge do I need to fine tune, especially as it pertains to the bounce angle. In fact, if they allow you to do it, I would maybe say grab two wedges of the same loft, but different bounce angles and try that out. You might be surprised at how different one wedge feels from another, even with just a small adjustment to the amount of that, that angle at the bottom of that club. I know it's weird. I, it's one of those things that admittedly up until probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, I I'd never even thought about, you know, for like the first half of my playing experience uh, with this game, never cared about bounce angle, probably didn't even know what it meant, but As I've learned more, and as I mentioned before, researching this stuff, there's a lot of great material out there on the internet, of course. Um, There's a lot of experts in club fitting, in wedge design, even on social media. I mean, Michael Verska, for example, is a name that pops to mind. Uh, He's come on this show many times in the past. It's been a while since we've had him on, but I think we've even talked about wedge fitting and, and the differences of it. It's It's one of the most important, if you listen to the last episode where I talked about the Mizuno T22 wedges, which are fantastic, wedges are probably one of the most important clubs in your bag, in my opinion, other than your driver and your putter. I mean, your irons, yeah, those are the things that people like to hit all the time. Of course, the driver, you want to go pound that on the driving range when you're practicing. But if you're not spending the time around uh, a practice green or even just hitting 50-yard shots at the range with your wedges, each of them to understand how they interact with the golf ball and the turf, especially if you're not hitting off a mat. I mean, that is doing yourself a disservice. Go out there and take your practice seriously. You want to be able to trust not only the yardage that you're going to hit, but also how that golf club is going to perform regardless of the turf, because you already know that you've, you, you have the right tool for the conditions that you play in. Now, Really quickly to go back to the the playing conditions point, which is very important. 
there are players that have multiple sets of wedges, especially if you're somebody that travels. Perhaps you go and you spend the winter down in Florida or something or, or somewhere else, and it's a completely different playing experience. Well, it makes sense to have different tools to go and make the best out of that experience. There are people who do that. I've got friends that have golf clubs like in Arizona, and they never bring them home. They just leave them there, and they're completely different than what they have here in Chicago. Totally normal. If you could swing it, pun intended, I guess, uh, do it. I think it's really, really helpful. Let me know your thoughts on wedge bounds. Let me know if you want to learn a little bit more about this topic. There's a ton of information that I haven't even gotten into to scratch the surface. And admittedly, I'm not an expert in it, but I've been around it long enough to at least speak to the concepts. But if you want me to dig deeper, let me know. Adam at golfandfilter.com. I appreciate your feedback, everyone. Uh, especially those of you who continue to email. I really appreciate it. Let me know about more topics like this. And if you haven't already, go out to TikTok. I know everyone says that TikTok is going to be whatever. And hey, they may be right. I think social media is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> You've heard me say that before. People, uh, Social media would be great if it wasn't for all that people, right? Um, but anyway, uh, I cover a lot of topics like this, just general topics, things that I get asked on social um, on our TikTok page. So it's at Golf Unfiltered. If you've never been on TikTok, I know of a certain demographic that listens to this podcast. We're not the youngest folks out there. I include myself in that, all right? So no one get mad at me. <laughs> we have to embrace the, the uh, I don't know, what am I even saying? The age that we are? Whatever. TikTok's fun. Go out and try it. We're out there. You see me talking about all sorts of topics. It's a good time. Uh, but anyway, you might like it. And uh, you could also find me on the other ones, Twitter, Instagram, those places, at Golf Unfiltered. You know where to find me by now. So uh, it is uh, almost October, and um, I do this every year. As long as I've been doing this podcast, I talk about, well, my playing days are nearing an end here, and that is true as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be playing until December, but uh, I think I've got one more golf trip in me. Um I think of me and a couple buddies next week, I believe, are going to head to uh, South Haven. And uh, never been there. Uh, apparently, there's a couple courses nearby. Uh, one of my buddies' uh, family uh, own a home out there, owns a home out there. And uh, I'll report back. You'll probably see pictures on social at those places that I told you about earlier. And um, aside from that, you know, I think for this off season, at least in terms of my playing season, uh, I'm going to focus more on topics like this. You know, this is where I begin to get, you know, a little bit, I start to shut things down a little bit. I start to think about equipment. I start to think more about, you know, tinkering with my own golf bag and, you know, that always gets me in trouble, but there's a lot more to talk about too. And so uh, if there's any topics that you want me to get into, you know how to get in touch with me. Adam at golfunfiltered.com, social media at golfunfiltered. As always, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening. And uh, stay tuned. We may have a uh, quick guest coming up uh, next week, I believe, uh, regarding that whole NFT thing that I talked about. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a crazy time out there. NFTs, man, they're weird. I don't even really understand them, but uh, they're going to help us understand more. So stay tuned. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>